Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Hey, so I get to introduce to you somebody really awesome. It is Jonathan Mikes. Everybody say, what's up, Jonathan? What's up, Jonathan? Yes. Jonathan, hey, tell me, listen, uh, you, you guys, uh, your family's kind of come around Christ South a little bit mm-hmm. in the midst of COVID, yep. which is which is really unusual. Crazy. So so tell me, how did you find how did you find the church? What happened? Uh, well, a mutual friend of ours, Leighton Ford, is, is somebody who's been a mentor and friend for me. And, and he said, yeah, check out uh, Matt Sivkins. And so we give you a ring and we've been enjoying connecting live with with the worship. Awesome, man. And you've got some really cool stuff that you're going to tell us. I won't spoil it. I'm going to back out so you can do your thing. You can take mask off as soon as I'm six Sounds feet away. Good. And uh, thanks so much for being here Great and bringing the be word. Here. Man. It, yeah. means, it means a lot. Absolutely. All right. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, we're lit. All right. Um, my name is Jonathan Mikes, and uh, I am originally from Des Moines, Iowa, but uh, we have, uh, I now work with, uh, with United World Mission that's based here in Charlotte. And United World Mission, we have about 350 missionaries serving throughout the world. We work in about 50 countries. And so it's an amazing ministry. We love being part of it. My wife and my kids and I, we were part of uh, a project in Mexico City 12 of the last 14 years. And during that time, we had the privilege of planting a church and uh, starting an international school. And so we love those ministries. Um, But then we felt the Lord calling us here uh, to Charlotte to work with our mission here in in Charlotte. And so here we are, and it's exciting to be here. Um, Thank you, first and foremost, for your prayers. Um, I think it was in the month of July and August where you dedicated uh, some time to pray for United World Mission. And for us as a family, we really appreciate those prayers. We know that God is at work. And uh, we're excited to see the answer to those prayers. Um, Matt asked me to share a little bit about my personal testimony and and as it relates to missions uh, to get started. So um, I thought I'd start there. I did undergrad here in North Carolina, and it was during my freshman year of college that it was uh, was really an amazing time for me and my faith walk. And during that time, I was uh, just really, it was kind of a, a personal awakening time for me. And I was really exploring the faith and, and seeking things out. And, and, uh, and during that time, um, I, I wanted to see my faith stretched more. And I wanted to grow more. And so as I asked, where can I, what can I do to, to grow more in my faith? I had many different people say, you know what, Jonathan, you need to go on a missions trip. And I thought, well, well, okay, why not? And so I ended up going one summer, and I spent two months in Mexico City. I lived with a Mexican family. I worked with a Mexican church. I was just immersed in the culture, and I loved the culture. It was so much fun. But the thing that I enjoyed more than anything else was the privilege of being able to share, um, share my faith and to be able to have spiritual conversations as my full-time job 24-7. And to be able to uh, open up the Bible with people. And and it was just a uh, profound time and an amazing summer for me. When that summer finished, uh, I went back home and spent uh, a short time at home. And I had an intense dream. And I'm sure many of you have had those kind of intense dreams where you wake up the next morning and you think, whoa, what was that? Um, And in that dream, what I remembered was a doctor. I was in a doctor's office and this doctor approached me and he said, Jonathan, You've got six months to live. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I instinctively responded, I want to be a missionary. 
And, and I woke up from that the next morning and, you know, I was in school at that time. I was studying economics. I was a freshman economics major and I assumed I'd be an in international business. That was kind of my direction and my trajectory. But I feel that starting with that dream, God began to change some of the desires of my heart and he began to reveal to me how those desires were changing. So things started to change for me pretty radically. And here I am today working with United World Mission after spending a chunk of time on the mission field. But that's how God called me. And he basically said, hey, college kid, I've got a mission for you. I don't know what the call is that God has on your life today, but I, I believe he's got something special for you. I believe he has a special and unique calling for you to participate in his mission somewhere. Might be here, might be elsewhere, but I believe God's got a call for each and every one of us. I want to dig into the, to the book of Amos today, which is our biblical text. We're going through the minor prophets in, in, in these weeks. And uh, Amos is, is, our, is our prophet for today. And I want to look at how God called Amos, for starters. Talk about the messenger here. Let's look at Amos chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd. And I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. If we were to kind of translate that into 2020, we would say that Amos, when he received God's call, Amos basically said, I'm not a pastor. I'm not the son of a pastor. I don't work for a church. I don't get paid for this. But God called him. He was an ordinary guy. If you look at the history around Amos, they basically said, you know, Amos was probably, you know, a moderately successful farmer. That was his profession. He was a moderately successful farmer who probably read the newspaper in his time. He, was a, he knew what world events were happening. But he was really just an ordinary guy. And God spoke to him and God called him. So that was the messenger. What was his context? If you were to look at the context and do kind of a little nerdy history study, we could find a little bit about, uh, we're familiar with the story of Solomon, a lot of us, right? Israel got, it's kind of its maximum level of, of success and prosperity during the time of King Solomon. And Israel, during that time, had tremendous economy. It was booming. And in fact, people would come from all different nations to visit Israel because the word in the street was, it's in a pretty amazing place. So they would come and they would see Solomon and they'd say, wow, this is a really wise and brilliant guy leading the the people. That was Israel's golden age. But then shortly after that, they, things kind of went downhill. The nation went downhill. They split up into two kingdoms. Their prosperity went down, and it was kind of a downhill slide. However, during the time of Amos is actually a really interesting time because during that precise time, Israel kind of has a time of renewal, at least economically speaking. And Israel kind of goes back to a second golden age. And, and they're prospering again, and the territory grows again, and, and the economy is absolutely humming. And people are feeling pretty good about themselves. In fact, as you know, religion was pretty important in Israel, and they were doing all the things. They were going to their religious services. They were providing those sacrifices before the Lord. And so they probably assumed, and it was pretty easy to assume, hey, things are going well. You know what? We're blessed. God has blessed us. 
You know what that means? God's pretty happy with us. We must be doing things pretty well. We must be on the right track. God is blessing us. To which Amos is called by God to say, hey, 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 wait. Don't go that far. I've got something to say. All right, I loved Pastor Matt's talk last week because he talked about his dog. A lot of us have dogs. And as it, I don't think this is, there's been a time in history where so many dogs have attended worship service. When we, when we, were, when we were at home last week, there was, there was my dog. And, uh, but I don't know about you with your dog. Like, how do you talk to your dog? Why, why, if you're at home right now, why don't you turn and talk to your dog and just say something to your dog, right? <laughs> when I talk to my dog, it's happy talk, right? My dog's name is Cyclone. I said, oh, Cyclone, you're such a good doggy. Oh, Cyclone, you're such a good dog. We're, we, we do happy talk with our dogs, right? That's how we relate to our dogs. I just want to be very clear as we walk into kind of uncomfortable territory with Amos Amos wasn't about happy talk. He didn't do happy talk. In fact, he, he really challenged people, and he did it in a very uncomfortable way, but he was very smart in the way he challenged people. Look at Amos. Um, kinda, he, looked at the, he, he was sent to Israel. He was to preach to Israel, but he started in a very unique way. He said, I'm going to talk about the sins of all these other countries. And the, the sin of this country, the sin of that country, and the sin of the other country. You can imagine as Americans, maybe we, we could identify that. And, and so maybe a preacher comes and he starts talking about the sins of Canada and the sins of Mexico and the sins of Russia and the sins of China or whatever. And we're all saying, yeah, they've got problems over there. And then all of a sudden, the preacher turns to the U.S. of A. and says, now we're going to talk about our stuff. Now we're going to talk about our sins. Ouch. Say with me, ouch. We're going to have some ouch moments as we dig into this text a little bit. Um, let's, let's first look at Isaiah, sorry, Amos chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And Isaiah, sorry, Amos. Amos talks to the people of, of Israel and he has a lot to say, but this is where he starts. Right after he's pointed out the sins of these other nations, he says to Israel, this is what the Lord says, uh, this is what the Lord says, for three sins of Israel, even for four, I will not relent. They sell the innocent for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed. He's just getting started. And it goes from there, and he continues to just make it known that Israel had really, really messed up. What was their sin? Amos was basically saying, hey guys, you can't measure the spiritual health of a nation based on their GDP. You can't measure the spiritual health of a nation based on whether or not the economy is booming and prosperous and successful. It doesn't matter, says Amos, if there are people being callously left behind. You know what the people of Israel would have said instinctively to such a message? They would have said, hey, yeah, but wait, 
We're really religious people. We go to church. We present our sacrifices. We give a lot of money. I disagree with what you're saying. And Amos kind of intuited that. And he goes and he responds back to them. And he has some very strong and, and even sarcastic comments. I'm going to point out just one of, his, uh, one of his words of critique, and it's powerful. You can almost see him just frustrated. He says, Amos 5.21, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Ouch. It's uncomfortable waters. Uncomfortable to be preaching and teaching and talking about this. But Amos is saying it doesn't really matter. Your religion doesn't really matter if it doesn't translate into an authentic love for people and concern for people. We'd say now, 21st century, well, that's the Jesus way. Jesus was concerned about material and spiritual. That's the Jesus way. And we see it a little bit in Amos from here. All right. So that's, those are the uncomfortable words that, that Amos brings to us. And you might say, hey, where's the good news in this? Cheer me up. I think there is good news in this. I think three things. The first one is God cares about those people who are left behind. God cares. Second thing, God cares about the rest of us who get lost in our own selfishness. He cares enough to wake us up. But just said, hey guys, wake up. But most importantly, God cares, and we see in Amos, it's not just condemnation. It's hope. Say it with me, hope. 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 There's hope. You know, a lot of modern day prophets, and I talk now about Facebook and Twitter, right? A lot of people are really quick to condemn any number of things, depending on what your certain passions are, right? But I think a lot of the Twitter and, and Facebook commentary can typically be, you know, like, like uh, fingernails on a chalkboard, right? It's like, or to modernize it a bit, it's like that internet connection that just won't stick and it's annoying. It's a lot of critique, a lot of condemnation. But what's different about the Jesus way, what's different about God's way, is that there's hope. A prophecy like Amos, a prophet like Amos, doesn't end with the critique. He talks about hope. If we were to look at how Amos finishes his book, the whole last chapter, or the the final part of the last chapter, Amos is saying, new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills, and I will bring my people Israel back from exile. And throughout the text, he's saying, seek me and live. Seek me and live. That's the good news. Seek me and live. Where do you find yourself in the book of Amos? Where do you find yourself in the story of Amos? Who are you? What's God calling you to do? How's God calling you to respond? And I relate my own personal story because I think to myself, it wasn't that God said, Jonathan, you're going to be a missionary and you're going to go to the jungles of I don't know where. And it's going to be rough and you don't like it, but I'm calling you, so go. How the Lord called me was he stirred up in me my own desires 
And he used my own desires to point me where he wanted me to go. What are those desires that are kind of percolating for you? How is the Lord speaking to you through those desires? Say with me, truth. Say with me, truth. 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 Hope. God wants to use you and me to bring truth and to bring hope to the spiritual and material needs of people. What does it look for you? What does it look like for me? What can we do locally? I love the vision here at Christ South to do so many things with the local community. Maybe you're, maybe the Lord's telling you to step up and do something here locally. Or maybe it's global. And I would say, feel free, give me a ring, send me a text message, whatever. I would love to talk with you about what God's doing globally. Because I want to finish with one thing. God calls people, everyday people, like Amos, to do his mission. You know what? Amos was from a foreign country. He was actually from Judah. And he went to Israel. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for raising up prophets like Amos who are passionate about your way, about your truth, and about your hope. Raise us up to be agents of hope to people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.